first things first, the Bills won. The Bills did win. It's always a good Monday when the Bills win. Always, always. You know who also I feel really happy for um, is the, the Washington football team. Oh. Uh, Coach Ron Rivera was diagnosed with cancer like a couple days ago. Or a couple – maybe it was a week ago, a couple days ago. I don't know. It was very recent. Um, and they had to come from behind win. And it was incredible to see, the, especially the team rallying around him. That was awesome. Yeah. I like Ron Rivera. So, that was, that was heartwarming. I, I do, too. And I, I also really like Cam Newton. And I know that's sad because we're Bills fans. And he's – he doesn't look terrible, so it'll it'll be very interesting to see uh, what happens. So yeah, no, I was I was happy with the uh, Saints game last night, the Saints Bucks game. Did you watch that one? Yeah, uh, Tom Brady and the uh, Tom Brady looks old. Uh, he looks slow, um, but the team looks just disorganized. They have so much talent, but it doesn't look. It's like the Browns. Like, they could accumulate a ton of talent, but they just don't know how to put it together. That's – that's that. We, I mean, I don't know what the fuck is going on with the Browns. You have legitimately, in my opinion, two of the top 15 – two of the top 15 wide receivers in the NFL. And fantasy or non-fantasy. And they legit look fucking terrible. Like, they, they just look – and you might even have two of the top 10 running backs in the entire league. Yep. And you have a great tight end in Austin Hooper. He, it just the team looks like trash. They can't just put it complete together. fucking trash. And that's so. what it looked like with the Bucks yesterday too. Mm-hmm. I mean, their defense just, had some moments, but yeah. But you also played Drew Brees. Like you know, like you give up forty-one fucking points. I don't care, pick six or not pick six from Tom Brady. Like you give up forty fucking points, you can't win a game. Like. But also, your offense got to help your defense. Whatever. I mean, yeah. tweets their own, but, but just not a good, not a good day for Tom Brady, and it made me feel really good. Yeah. Although I don't know, part of me, I've always liked Tom Brady, but anyways, it's um, I I really want to root for him even more now for some I reason, agree. just because, you know, like it's it's like people that grew up watching MJ, right? We were a little too young to really experience the whole MJ thing. Um, but you're watching little greatness in front of you and like, it'll be a sad day when he starts to really depreciate his value, um, as a quarterback, it'll be really sad because then it's like at a certain point, like when you just say like, okay, enough's enough, like time to hang it up. Yeah. I don't know. He looked, he looked rough. I mean, it was, it was kind of sad to see, but also like, I loved it because yeah. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> so, most of ever, most of Buffalo is with you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure my neighbors yeah. heard me all suck at Tom Brady a couple times, but now Brady on the Pats, I feel that. I feel that Brady on the Bucks, I don't know if I feel that yet. I'll be. I was cheering against him to, uh, yesterday though because he was playing against me in a big fantasy league. So <laughs> that was a big thing. Speaking of fantasy, how'd you do this week? I'm not allowed to play fantasy because of Damon. Oh, sorry. How did Jordan do? Jordan did well. <laughs> did both of Jordan's teams do well? Uh, does he have two teams? Oh, yeah, he does. Um, his one team, he forgot to start a defense. 
<laughs> so, but he had the Bears defense, so it wasn't a huge deal. It was just like one point. So. Oh yeah, that that's it wasn't like it mattered anymore. <laughs> right. Right. That's funny. But um, he had Josh Allen on his one team, so that helped. That fucking that fucking guy, man. Oof, he looks like a franchise quarterback. I mean, they let him fucking throw it 40-something times. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. I, I, don't, I can't remember the last time a Bills quarterback threw 40-something passes. Although, well, I was going to put out – Which is huge. Yeah, which, I mean, I know that seems like a common occurrence for most quarterbacks in the NFL, but unfortunately, yeah. when you're a, a Bills quarterback, it, the last time it happened was in 2017. 16, so, Oh, it was 16. I thought it was 17 going into that play, uh, the Jacksonville playoff run. No, I think it was. They said it was two, December two thousand sixteen. Jesus Christ, that's sad as fuck. If you if you actually think about that, it's been four years mm-hmm. since we've had a three hundred yard passer. That is that is terrible. Anyways, yeah. tweets are own. Um, you know what? I, speaking of Tyrod, this is that was going to be my point. It I felt so bad for San Diego fans because it literally looked like the Bills all over again in two thousand seventeen. Like not a terrible team. But Tyrod is fucking Tyrod. Like he's he's not great. Like he, he's he's mediocre at best. He's not going to win you ball Tyrod games. Is like we all wanted him to be great because we all everyone really wants him Tyrod. to be great. Yes, yeah. yes. He just is not great. He's just, he's just mediocre at best. Like at best mediocre, which is going to be like you're going to have to run the ball. He's not going to really make mistakes, but he's not going to really take chances. Yeah. You're just going to kind of have to play really good defense and make sure that he's always in the lead because he ain't coming back. I'll tell you that. Ugh, to each their own. Whatever. So, it's a winning Monday. so It, it is a winning Monday. Happy. Tim Hortons is free. Oh, shit. You're right. Tim Hortons medium coffees are free. Okay. Unpopular opinion. I don't like Tim Hortons coffee. Same, but if it's free, I really like Tim Hortons coffee. But if it's coffee. free, I may have to go over and get get a cup. I am I am in full agreement with you. I think Tim Hortons is one thousand percent overrated. Yeah, I, unpopular opinion by most, but Tim Hortons. Well, I will say As you're the only thing I really Tim Hortons. <laughs> well, it's I was just gonna say Tim Hortons cold brew is not terrible. See, I can't have cold brew right now because it's too much caffeine. Yes, Tim Hortons cold brew not terrible at all. Everything else from Tim Hortons, bagels, donuts, croissants, muffins, fucking trash. And I know you worked at Tim Hortons, and I'm going to bitch about this. I bitch about this on other episodes. Tim Hortons service is fucking trash. Like, absolute trash. Dude, I worked there as a teenager, so I understand. Military in Notch Road, I thought, was horrible. And then I moved to military in Kenmore, and that is twice as bad. They have, I've ordered there maybe 10 times since I've had the gym uh, open. Every single time it's been wrong. Wrong. Like, just straight up wrong. Like, not even what I've ordered. Like, how do you fuck up a bagel and cream cheese? I didn't ask for a bagel and butter. I asked for, it doesn't even sound the same. Butter and cream cheese don't sound the same. Fuck you. So, Tim Hortons, if you're listening, which you likely are, um, get your shit together. You suck. You're canceled. You, you know, cancel culture, cancel fucking Tim Hortons. That's, that's, that's my point for a Monday. That's, that's my make your mark Monday. Tim Hortons, you're fucking canceled. I mean, I'm pro Starbucks, but. 
that'll be me till I die. Same. Same. But and now it's even worse because fucking Starbucks is right on the way to work. I literally pass by it twice a day, three, four times a day, if I, especially if I go to the bank. So. so I figured out I was safe because there wasn't a Starbucks on my way to practice when I have to drive to Damon. But I found out there is one if I go like a back way. So now it's like, <laughs> crap, there's one on the way to practice. There's one on the way back from practice going to work. There's, now they just put one in the tops in Hamburg. So now uh, there's now one you're, you're fucked. <sighs> you're fucked. Bad. That that baby's gonna like caffeine. I can tell you that. I've been good. I haven't been having a lot of caffeine. No, I'm saying just genetically, it's gonna like caffeine. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> if it's my kid, for sure. <laughs> That's funny. But all right, uh, all right. Three. Questions. Part three. This is the only fucking recording we're doing of this. <laughs> And we're both in a good mood right now, so this is going to be the best recording. Of it's it. going to be. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be concise. <laughs> uh, right. And I actually, I have some questions too. So. I have a couple too. Okay, so I'll get a couple of the short, sweet ones out of the way. Cool. Supliki, Supliki asked me, "Why can't I just squat four hundred right now?" <laughs> Trust the process. <laughs> yeah, it's just follow the program. We'll get there. Um, so, I'm going to be McDermott and just say trust the process. Yeah, trust the process. <laughs> um, Mr. Macro Mulk uh, asked if I, in quotations, asking for a friend, do you offer bodybuilding coaching? Yes, Michael. Uh, and that's what we're doing now. I was going to so, say, you know that. Yeah, he knows that. He's just being a dick. Um, that too, fun fact. Huh? We actually, we offer that, like the physical side, but not yes. the physical side. Um. <laughs> um, one question from Peggy, which is a good one. We'll save that one. Okay. Um, a funny one from Mr. Miss Ashburn. Do you think sunsets help PRs in quotations asking for a friend? Um, no. Sunsets? No. Sunset. I make fun of her because she goes out a lot and always takes pictures in front of sunsets. So, oh, it's like that commercial Sunset Heart Hands, like the Instagram yeah. boyfriend. Yeah, no, not no. The answer is no. I've never <laughs> it does not. on a sunset. I, then again, no. I've never tried to PR in front of a sunset. So you never know. Yeah. You could be onto something. And also, she's not a nighttime lifter, so it even more so doesn't help. <laughs> maybe she should um, be. Maybe. We'll see. Um, all right. So I have two good questions from one from Dave and one from Peggy. Okay. Uh, we will go through the Dave one first. Cause I think we can really dive into the, to the Peggy one. Okay. Um, actually we might've already answered the Peggy one. I know she asked us one on the first episode. Yeah. So we already answered the Peggy one. So oh. that's fine. We'll answer the Dave one then. I mean, I have a good one from Rachel too, so we can use that one. Oh, I wonder if she sent us the same. I'll have to look at what she sent me to. Okay. Um, okay, so we'll answer the Dave one. Dave's asked, uh, what is the question? Programming differences between enhanced and natural lifters. Oh, I'm going to let you take that one because I don't work with, if my 14 year olds are enhanced lifters, then we have a problem. So hey, I'm just trying to get that college scholarship. If you're a 14 year old listening to this episode, do it until your senior year 
and then stop. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you should be telling all of your athletes, all parents (laughs) listening to this, get your kids on drugs, like human growth hormone and trend from like age four, eight to about, I don't know, 16. Taper them off. That's part of our welcome packet. So when they sign up, they get an IFS mask, they get a little (laughs) vial of trend and then they get a hand sanitizer. It's just, it's just like, all right, this is your starting pack. Every, everyone yep. after this is an additional 200 onto your building. Alexis's softball girls are going to be like McGuire and Bonds, just crushing them. Crushing it. <laughs> you're going to have the race of, what was that? The race of like 2002, 2003 all over again. Yep. Of Sammy Sosa and McGuire. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the one, Sosa. So there is, there is some slight programming differences. The, big, the biggest one that I have is um, the recovery period. So typically, an enhanced lifter, the, the recovery rate is just so much greater, hence why they can kind of go a lot heavier more often. So, but the problem is, and, and here's the fine line of, of you know, the, the programming difference, is sure they can recover quicker, but it doesn't mean that their tendons recover quicker, and that's why you see so many enhanced lifters um, kind of tearing tearing uh, a lot of tendons and ligaments um, because it doesn't it promotes the muscle recovery. Now again, you can get into like you know something along the lines of like peptides and um, other promotion. Uh, I think there there's peptides and then there's something else. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to draw a blank here that also promotes recovery for tendons. Uh, that is, that is an enhancement or what we like to call in the strength conditioning world, an ergogenic aid. Um, er, wait, what is it called? Ergogenic aid. Ergogenic. Ergogenic. No, oh my God, no. It's ergogenic. Ergogenic aid. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, that that's the biggest one, but uh, again, like you can keep pushing that limit, but uh, there comes a point in time where the recovery in the muscles is so much greater than the recovery in the tendons and still trying to do that load. Um, sometimes it can be a big hindrance. And I think it's, you know, that's probably the biggest difference of like going heavier all the time. So that RPE and that, kind of intensity scale might be a little bit higher. So for example, in a natural lifter, we would probably take a um, seven, eight, nine, probably nine, nine and a half, ten 10 um, RPE scale on a four week block for an, uh, for a um, enhanced lifter, it would probably be somewhere around an eight, nine, eight and a half, nine and a half, nine and a half, nine and a half for 10 uh, on a four week block. So it would be, um, a little bit higher of intensity level on that. So I don't think that that's uh, – um, it's a slight variation, but I wouldn't necessarily treat it uh, any sort of differently. Also, a lot of the times, um, you know, it depends on where they are in their cycles. So, for example, if you're, ramp- if you're like a strength athlete um, and you're ramping up dosages, like you're able to recover even more, uh, even more rapid than you would be before, but also that taper down period um, is usually a lot greater because again, you need to give those tendons a lot of time to, to heal. And you, you've seen it in powerlifting meets and strongman meets, how many people just sometimes snap shit. And a lot of that yeah. is, you know, ramping up that dosage, but also the tendons can't handle that sort of load at all. Um, so and that's probably the largest difference. 
um, especially in, 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 I guess you would call it powerlifting or strongman. Um, would be like the the number one difference. Um, also, also with uh, with natural athletes, it's easier to kind of gauge what is wrong. You know, like so with natural athletes, like you can usually tell, you know, what is the deciding factor of like why that lift wasn't wasn't good. Like you can ask a bunch of questions: Was it lifestyle? Was it um, was it sleep? Was it work? Was it stress? Was it just the lift? You know, and, and unless positioning is absolutely perfect and you just fail the lift off of strength, um, typically like as a coach, we're not going to put you in a position where I don't think you can do something. Now, again, you get to a certain range where you're going to have, um, a little bit of variance with that. Right. So like, uh, a lot of people get into like no man's land. Um, what, what would I like to call it of like, where you kind of maxed out a certain rep range at a certain weight. Um, and all you can do is kind of like just hone in and perfect that Yep. with enhanced lifters. I find that there's a little bit of a difference there where there's, we don't necessarily know what the factor was, uh, with that, you know, it could still be a lot of what, uh, what happens to a, um, a natural lifter, you know, between stress, work, lifestyle. Um, but there, there's also, you have that other, factor to to play in there you know like where you were in your block are your levels right you know where are you starting to taper off like you know and that's I think the hardest problem of gauging that you know and and that's why I kind of try to treat it somewhat similarly similarly excuse me um but also at the same time you know uh, understand that they can go heavier more often and more Mm -hmm. frequently uh, or excuse me, more, uh, frequency as in like, um, times during the week. So often as in like programming wise, but also frequency as in like how many loads they can take a little bit heavier in a training block. Um, so that's kind of like the biggest difference for me. Uh, if we're talking bodybuilding, um, obviously uh, same, similar situation. You can go, you can push that limit so much more, right? Like for, for a, uh, natural bodybuilder, they get a lot more sore than an unnatural bodybuilder. Um, so like, again, like if you're talking lap pulldowns, right, we'll just take a simple exercise. You might be extremely sore where day one through, let's say you do it three days a week, right? And you're in a similar rep range. Let's say it's between eight and 12. Chances are you're, by the time you the third day, you hit that, you're not going to be able to push at the same intensity that you were uh, on day one. So it's, you know, it's more about getting the reps in than anything else, as opposed to an enhanced lifter can kind of probably push that every single session, uh, especially if they're at their max effort and they can probably stay at that same weight. Um, if not go a little bit heavier every single time because of that, um, you know, that, uh, the, the fact that they're enhanced. So, um, I think it also depends on the drugs that you're on. Um, you know, cutting agents for enhanced lifters um, will always help maintain the strength that you have um, as you're trying to drop weight. So, you know, you can usually tell if someone's, you know, kind of quote unquote hiding it from someone. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're dropping a significant amount of weight and the strength levels really don't dictate, if anything, they get a lot stronger. You can usually tell that that, that, that person is um, – you know, on some sort of enhanced enhancement, um, as opposed to someone who loses a significant amount of weight, chances are you're not going to maintain all of that strength. Uh, and you shouldn't, uh, because that's just not how, that's not how the body works. It should look different. It should feel different. Um, it shouldn't move the same way. 
Uh, not for a while, right? Like, let's say you lose 30 pounds instantly, and then bam, all of a sudden you're just lifting that exact same weight that was a one rep max the same exact way. I'm going to probably start guessing, you know, yeah. like what the fuck is going on. Um, but that's, I think that's uh, not necessarily answering your question, Dave, in, in that sense, but that's something that we look for, um, you know, like because it should be different. Um, if you're not, uh, if you're not on any enhancements, it should, it should look different. It should feel different. And it should take another, once you get to that weight that you want to lose, you should have about, I don't know, four to six months of training at that weight to feel like that weight's moving the same again. Yeah. I think that opens the door to a whole other conversation about, I mean, we could talk about drugs in the sport probably for a whole episode. Um, Mm. but I think. There's a definitely a, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being an enhanced lifter and there's nothing wrong with being a natural lifter. I think the, the big takeaway from that is if you're going to be an enhanced lifter, compete where it's permitted. Um, yes. Like I, that's, I don't care if you want to use drugs, like that's fine. Um, but do your research and compete non-tested. Um, because that's, that's where it's allowed. And that's, I think, keeping it fair. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to go on the record and say, we're talking about strength sports. We're talking about weightlifting, powerlifting, um, weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman and bodybuilding. Yeah. We're not talking about pro sports. Uh, You know, I, I hope people aren't super naive uh, listening to this uh, about pro sports. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not going to say that every single athlete in the pro major sport world between baseball, basketball, football, um, are doing drugs, but it's not, I hope it's, it's not uncommon. Um, and I hope, you know, this doesn't shatter your dreams of this person being like this idealistic person, you know, like, they're human too. And they're looking for an edge. And especially at that level, you're looking for an edge, you know, and I've changed my stance on this over the years. Like I just say, fuck it. Like just allow them to fucking do it at this point. You know, it's so not talked about, but it's so out there that just at this point, just let them fucking do it. Like it's a different day and age than it was, you know, even 15 years ago in every sport. It's just a completely different game. If you look at what the running backs looked like 15 years ago, what would that make it? 2005, who was the number one running back in 2005? It probably was like LT, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. Like, the game is just so different from Now you look at he, like Saquon Barkley. Not to say that he's on drugs, but like – No. But look at him. Like, he's massive. <laughs> yes. And, like, for example, back in 2005, Patrick Willis was the biggest linebacker and the fastest linebacker. You look at the game now, everyone that plays linebacker looks like Patrick Willis and is just as fast as Patrick Willis. It's not uncommon anymore. Like, it's not uncommon to see these fucking freak shows that are out there playing these, playing these athletic sports. Right. It's just a thing. And don't get me wrong, the training regiments are better, the eating regiments are better, the teams care more about the science that goes into this stuff, but it doesn't take away from the fact that that edge – is so significant in pro sports and yeah. professional sports. Having that slight significant edge 
is so much better. It will get you more playing time and a bigger contract. Like, again, like I've come from the adage that what you can do with $1 million, all you can do is double it with $2 million. But you're talking contracts the size of the difference of 10 mil over, over five years or 40 mil over t- five years. You know, that's, that's life-changing for, for a lot of these kids uh, and adults, I should say now, because the, you're talking that a lot, not a lot of them, but a significant chunk come from um, impoverished families. So like anything to have an edge that can provide for your family even more, like that's, that's what these players are looking for. And they're willing to take that risk. They're, you look at that um, interview with Travis White that he just had. I mean, the mm-hmm. emotion that he had about this contract and how he just kept saying, like, I'm going to be able to provide for my family. Like, yeah. you know, he talked about his dad driving him hours to football camps. Yep. And they couldn't afford a lot. But, you know, he's thinking about how he can repay for what they didn't have growing up. Um, for sure. And then you get into – I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I'm going to read the the highlights from, from his story. But there might create a, a sequel to The Blind Side. About him? No, 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 about, about a different guy. Really? Yeah, he just came out of South Carolina. I don't know what team he plays for, and I can't remember his name, but I'm going to find this article for you um, and read it because it's, it's literally insane. But, again, you think about a guy like that, and what he can now do for the community and his family. And, and well, it's just I mean, incredible. not to be a downer, but didn't Michael Orr just get in trouble? I don't know. I think he got in trouble for, like, assault or something. Um, yeah. Uh, his Instagram name is Mookdog. And Mookdog3, he's a defensive tackle for the 49ers. He was drafted in the first round. His name is Javon uh, Kinlaw. So Southern, I think I remember him getting picked up. Yes. First round draft pick. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina tackle grew up homeless at times with his mother. Uh, and yes. brother. I remember Kin- that story. Kinlaw used to ride the subway for hours at a time in Washington, DC uh, because it was warmer there than it was staying outside. The kids used to boil water um, from a hose to shower. Kinlaw once skipped an entire month of school. The tackle lived with a high school teammate as a senior, but wasn't going to be academically eligible for a scholarship. So he dropped out to enroll in a GED program to play at a JUCO college. Kinlaw appreciated JUCO because it gave him consistent sources of food and shelter. He didn't eat his first two days because he didn't know where the cafeteria was located, then went crazy in quotations when he found out the food was free. Away from the game, Kinlaw began spending with the Dean and her family, the fridge was stocked. Uh, he watched movies with the kids and the Dean taught him to drive. Kinlaw became a star in three years at South Carolina. An AFC scout said in quotations, the most violent player in college football. NFL money will change everything for his family, which is now includes a daughter. The motivation just got even deeper. Kinlaw wants to build homeless shelters and help uh, keep helping people going through the same things that he faced. Wow. So money like that is yeah. incredible. And again, not saying King Law's on drugs, so please don't take that the wrong way. Sure. Yeah. But if you think about an edge like that and you can see these dollar signs in front of you, that enhancement 
almost makes sense at a certain point. You talk about recovery for all of these athletes. You are putting yourself through the ringer. Baseball is even worse. I mean, baseball, you have, a, you know, this is a shortened season due to COVID, but you think about playing a hundred and what is it? A hundred and like two hundred and twenty games, something like that. Hundred and forty games. Like that's in fucking incredible to be able to play that many games that long and not be hurt. Correct. So I'll leave it at that for that question. Yeah. So I think moral of the story, we talked about strength sports primarily. There is a place for it. Um, just, you know, stick to that place. There's a quote-unquote legal place for it. There's a legal place for it. Um, Then professional sports, we know it's there, but we're not by any means being like, go do it. But we also Mm -hmm. get it. Yeah, I mean, we understand it. We've seen it. You know, I I remember talking to uh, Nick Mancuso about this once when he interned with the Steelers. And his first day walking into the locker room, he's just watching every single linebacker and defensive end get shot up. You know, it's just, it's just a thing. Like I remember talking to Nick Balin about this when he played overseas, when he's still playing overseas, he didn't know what the doctors were giving him. He just said, all right, you guys got to take this and just hand him a it'll tray. Make you better. It'll make you feel better. Exactly. Like you, you know, you hear about obviously with cycling, you know, Lance Armstrong and all that. It's just a thing like, and it's not talked about because it's technically not legal, but I guarantee you if it was legal, you would know, that it's out there even more than uh, we can already speculate that it is. Yep. Absolutely. All right. All right. right. Next question with Rachel. What do you got? Because I'm going to compare what I got. Um, One question she asked is what is the biggest mistake novice lifters make? (laughs) I got a blunt answer for that one. (laughs) What's your answer? (laughs) Not finding a fucking coach. That was going to be my answer. (laughs) I was gonna. Um, I was gonna elaborate on it a little more and say like a novice. Oh yeah, she sent us. Did she send you one, two, three, four, five, six questions? Yeah. Okay, then we have the same ones. Cool. Um, Yeah, I was gonna say novice lifters. A not finding a coach, or B not doing their research on a coach, and going based off of either Instagram aesthetic or. I think that would be the big one, like Instagram. I think that, in my opinion, that is more common in the bodybuilding, fitness, uh, fit chick, I want to look a certain way type of deal. And then it gets a little bit like that when you're talking about guys like Larry fucking Wheels. um, That it's like, oh, I'm selling my 1999 program and you're going to just be as strong as me. That shit don't work. You know, if you're paying $60 for a fucking program or $20 for a fucking program one time, it's not going to make you that much fucking stronger. You might add five pounds, maybe 20 pounds. You might get lucky. You might add 50 pounds if you're a novice lifter. you won't become Larry Wheels. You will not become him. So, and again, like I played into that card. I, for the main reason I competed for as long as I did was to get my name out there. If I was strong and I got myself out there nationally, that was one of the very few ways for me to get recognized. Now I don't, now I have athletes that speak for me and I don't have to, you know, put myself out there in that kind of way anymore, but what the fuck? Like uh, that was so, I didn't want to, but I also knew if I wanted to make that leap, I had to do something that was uncomfortable with. Um, and that, and that was pretty much it, you know, getting my name out there, serving a purpose for what it was. And, you know, and 
trying to then educate people on why we do the things that we do. And I think now um, you, you can see that shift a little bit that people like education more than they like just aesthetics, um, aesthetics uh, whether it's, you know, how you market yourself or, you know, just how strong you are, or how good that you look. Yeah. Yeah. I think so that's, it's, it's a big one, but just do your research and don't be afraid to, if you're looking for a coach, don't be afraid to ask the coach, you know, what their coaching philosophy is, what their training models like, like ask them all of these questions, because if you're going to be investing your money and investing yeah. your time and your body, then yeah. you know what you're getting into. And if they can't answer and things the way you like, then yeah. you should probably look for someone else. Yeah. I mean, just honestly, like shop around, like ask yeah. questions, you know, it, it, also I, I just, I'm not a fan of how like a lot, especially I think this is more common with remote coaching. Um, but I fucking hate how coaches like pay for an e like you have to pay them for an eval. Like they're a prospective client looking to pay you money. And I guarantee you it's not just for a month. Like no, no one's finding a remote coach just for a month. If that right. was the case, they would just buy your, you know, generic program online, you know, or do some AI building um, like you have with a couple other companies, like, I don't know, like you should be able to provide a service and not feel like you're taking away from your legitimacy by having them do it for free. Like, it's not like, I feel like that's not fair to, to the athlete because they're looking to just see what's, what's up. Like they're, they're legitimately trying to invest money because at the end of the day, this is a fucking hobby. So like, it, it, this is something that they're spending extra money, not money that should be not money. That's like, they need to spend this money. It's something that they want to spend this money. So I think giving them the satisfaction of just allowing them to shop around and do an eval with you and then go from there. I don't see any reason in that. And I don't see any reason in them asking a bunch of questions because if you're just a coach that says, I mean, we've already talked about this, but like, just do what I say, just because I say it that's that's just not a good coach um or you know like oh why do we do this exercise because i said so that's yeah. just not how it fucking works yeah it should still be a learning experience and i mean on your point of the eval i actually do things a little bit different or i should say we do um at the gym like we do the consultation for free um oh i mean i guess that's what i'm talking about yeah i'm doing a face-to-face -face consultation I, I call it an eval but it's yeah. more of a consult yeah because then the true eval that that we definitely want to include in I, the price. I know I'm not. I know I'm not supposed to, but I interchange those words between consult and eval. I'm okay. talking about a sit down like we would, uh, whether it's FaceTime or Zoom, or they come in and we sit down face to face and go yeah. over uh, like a questionnaire. That's what I mean by charging for that. Not yeah, necessarily. I have one of those this afternoon, and those we absolutely do. Perfect. Yeah. The, the, I'm the first session is always like a movement assessment for me. That's just part of like what you sign up for. The first assessment is that because then that way we can create a plan. So yeah. no, I, I, sorry, interchanging words that I probably shouldn't, but no, no problem. No, yeah, because I also, I also charge for that too. So That's what I I'm more meant the eval session <laughs> um, or the consultation. Uh, okay. So do you have any other training questions before we get into some fun ones? Um, 
Well, I kind of saw this one as a training question because, but more so as a coaching question, at least the way that I'm interpreting it. Um, Cause another question was, when will you know you've quote unquote made it? Um, and I see that more from a coaching perspective. Because uh, yes. as a lifter, I know that I'm not going to be like a stud. I'm not going to be a Jen. I'm not going to be a Meg. Like, and that's fine. Like, I do it because I enjoy it. But mm-hmm. as a coach, I know that I make it when a couple things. When I see that, that light go off with the athlete, like, if they have a, like, say they, like for track, for example, say they win the conference or, you know, they hit a, a break school record or whatever the case may be. Same thing with the kids at the gym. Like they made it to sectionals, they won states, like whatever it is. And they come back and they're so excited to share that. That for me is making it because that's the whole point. That's why I coach. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I want. I want these athletes to reach their potential and then see that they did it, you know, um, be excited for themselves. Like I just had a kid send me a video the other day. He's one of our teenagers and he's been lifting at home and he for years has been trying to hit a 200 pound bench and he's not a big guy. Um, so it's a pretty big deal. It's, you know, way over his body weight. And he sent me the video and he hit it pretty easily and seeing him like react, like, he was just so excited and it was, that's, that's making it for me. That's, that's exactly why I do what I do. Um, for sure. That, that, that fuels it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great perspective on it. Um, I guess I'm going to um, nitpick the question a little bit. Sure. Um, so I don't ever think I will view it as I've made it in quotations. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll ever be satisfied. Yeah. So, um, like, so, but the way that I interpret it for myself is when can I feel like I validated myself and my services? So again, I don't think I'll ever make it because I don't know what make it to me means yet. Um, you know, like what is it? What is making like is, is, is making, professionally is it uh, a monetary value is it an athlete wise because you know you can make it but then like every other aspect of it like when is that like gonna be enough okay like okay we'll take probably one of the best greatest coaches of all time and bill belichick he's made it right like he he has made it like you win five fucking super bowls six fucking super bowls um, that's it. Like you, you, you have pretty much made it like you are the best. Is that enough for him? Did he hang it up? In his mind, has he made it? Like, is that enough? Like we can look back and be like, Oh yeah, that motherfucker's made it a long time ago. Bills need to start winning the conference. So go fucking retire so we can start taking over. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So what is it that defines that sort of make it? So for me, I I more thought about it as in what can validate me. Um, I don't know. I think in powerlifting, if if I'm just going to talk powerlifting specific, making it for me will probably be uh, an athlete hitting an open, uh, open 
American record total because that means they were the best in, in their in their country. Um, and then an open national champion. I, I think once that happens, I can completely and utterly say that I have made or excuse me, validated myself and my services. I don't think I have to preach um, that I'm a good coach at that point. And not that I preach now, but I don't think I need to explain at that point, right? Like I can still do my own thing, but also I have that on my resume. I think that's the one thing on a coaching resume for me and powerlifting specific, okay? That I can just say like, okay, yes. That is the one thing missing from my template. And if I were to hand it to, you know, the, the boss of the powerlifting gods for an interview, I can just be like, okay, I have checked all of the boxes for that. Yeah, you so, hit that milestone. Yeah, and I think that's probably how I would view it as making it um, yeah. or validating myself. And it's more about also just validating myself. Like, you know, like, can I do this? Like, is this something that I can do? And I think once I prove it to myself that I am knowledgeable enough and can help an athlete get there. Now, again, you need to have a great situation, right? You're not very few and far between. You're going to just take someone off of the streets, I guess I would say, um, that you don't know what their genetic potential is, right? Like you don't know what that is. So you have to kind of not only know how to coach an elite level athlete, but strength athlete, I should say, but also – you know, you have to have one that has that potential to be an elite level athlete, right? you know, and we've talked about this in other episodes of what it takes to become that complete elite level athlete. So um, I don't really, I think that's what I would take it as a validation for me. Is that. Yeah. yeah I um, agree with I, that. Yeah. I and agree probably with for that. you, it's like having someone in track, you know, or one of your athletes, you know, getting, uh, to the major level, right? Like, you know, if you take them at a high school level, um, you know, and still they come back during college and, and work with you guys, like making it to that next level, I would assume is probably the next step for them. Like, yeah. You don't have them after that, you know, at that point, like that's, you've allowed, you have helped them get to a certain point of like, this is it for you. Like, this is as far as I can help you go. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's really common for us. I mean, I, the biggest goal, I mean, for kids coming in is end game. They want to play in college and they want to get money to play in college. And yeah. anytime we get the kids that come in and tell us they got a scholarship offer or, you know, they're signing D one and that's, that's great. That's, we've hit it. We've hit the goal. Um, and, and that's a big, and that's a big deal. You know, like that's deal. something that you should promote that your place like has this many, X D one athletes, right? Like, I mean, D one is obviously the top level of competition in sports or in collegiate sports. There is no higher. I mean, sure. You could say hockey, maybe juniors, or uh, you could go to, you know, uh, play in the AHL or the OHL or the AHL or the KHL. Like, sure. Like those are probably equally as comparable as college hockey, but you talk about the other major sports between basketball, football, um, some of the, the more female dominant sports like tennis or volleyball, um, you know, oh. like softball, um, basketball as well. So, you know, like there is no other level besides that. Hockey is really the only one that has a comparable, um, adjacent one. 
And we do work with tons. I mean, hockey is one of our biggest demographics. So we get that goal presented to us a lot by parents and coaches. And we've hit that too. We've got a kid in the OHL right now. Um, We had a kid in the, was it the AHL? NAHL, I think it was. There's a lot. I don't know. There's There's a a lot of sub sub subcategories. I think it was the NAHL is what he plays in, but he plays down in Kansas. Um, Nice. But, like, yeah, we, we get those. And then what's kind of cool with that is they come in to work out, and then you get these little 11-year-olds looking at them like, I want to do that. <laughs> like, I, I want to do what they do. Yeah. You know, like, I actually just had a girl message me when I was on vacation that said, like, I want to be like Brit. Like, watching that girl wow, is, like, awesome. incredible. Like, I want to be like that. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, uh, that's how, honestly, that's how Slamba came to us. Really? Ironically enough, yeah. The girl fucking sent me a message at two in the morning. I took nothing for it. And I told her this story. I was like, and I told her a couple months after, I go, Slamba, you know you sent me a fucking like inquiry at two thirty in the morning. Like, I typically don't even respond to those because, you know, it's two thirty in the morning. Like, what are you thinking about at two thirty in the morning that makes you want to do oh yeah, I think I want to join the gym. Or I think I want to power lift. But, like, the story was, like, you know, how she emails, like, hey, I follow you, and I see all these really inspiring women. Like, that's super cool. Like, I'm, I'm just super jealous, and I want to learn more about that. And at the time, she had zero barbell experience. Like, has never touched a bar in her life. Uh, and then became a nas- uh, national-level lifter at that point, you know, she's a couple years later. 400. She's a maniac. A lot and close to 400, pulling over 400, uh, benching close to two. Like, that's a pretty big goal for someone at 84 keys. Yeah, that's so, awesome. But yeah, I mean, like that's, those, that's those a, are. That's what? a big part of it, I think, um, that I didn't even think about. But you mentioning it kind of sparked that um, setting that example for other people to want to do it. Um, yep. You know, getting we get the girls um, who come in at like eleven, and they're unsure of you know the weight room, and there's still that stigma, like. I don't want to get too big and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, they see Alexis lifting or they see me lifting and they start to get excited about it. And I think that's another validation, Um, you know, getting, getting females really into it. Tom said when we, when I started, he's like, we got to get girls in the weight room and now it's mostly women. So that's like, that's pretty badass. Absolutely. And, I, and again, that, we've talked about this on multiple episodes, but like the shift has changed. Um, not completely, um, because I think there's still some, you know, okay boomers out there that think that the weight room, you know, for the kids is not good enough. Um, so, uh, but that is definitely shifting um, more towards the, the positive in our opinion. Yeah, which is awesome. Yep. All right. Now let's answer some fun ones. Okay. What was right, your favorite, what's your favorite TV show from the 90s? Uh, dude, that's so hard. Uh, but honestly, I'd have to choose Rocco's Modern Life. Really? Yeah, I loved Rocco. <laughs> really if, you, if you say fucking Friends, I'm going to flip. No, I'm not going to. I fucking hate, to, I hate Friends. I, I love Friends. Friends is trash. Friends is I, trash. It's not my favorite. I didn't watch it when I was younger. I didn't get into that until I was older. But no, my favorite, hands down, is Buffy's Vampire Slayer. <laughs> i will hold that until i'm still watching it like i started from the beginning during this quarantine listen there is a lot 
to, I actually might be doing an episode with my brother on his podcast about this series. Um, cause his whole podcast is about horror and stuff, but there's a lot to digest about that show. And she was my first introduction into a strong female lead. So I will hold that. Hey, whatever, whatever you, I guess you need, I guess, you know, whatever. To each that's, their that's, own. That's my favorite. Hands down. Always will be. And did you have to rush home from school and watch Dawson's Creek and then Buffy the Z- never, Vampire Slayer? I never watched Dawson's Creek. That, that was not my show. We'll have to agree to disagree on, on on Buffy, but I can understand where the the influence can come from from a a strong female lead. So yeah, it was awesome. Uh, what's the next one? Tacos or, or pizza? So I let's take this as you can only have one, and you can never have the other one for the rest of your life. I don't want to play this game. I do. <laughs> I do. I so. I will definitely choose tacos over 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 pizza. Um, if I had to pay, if I had to pick one and only have one for the rest of my life. I mean, if I had to pick one to only have for the rest of my life, I would be very sad about it. But I would pick tacos also because yes. they're way more versatile, and you could make a pizza taco, so you could loophole that shit. Mm-hmm. You can. You can make a taco pizza. No, that would be choosing pizza. <laughs> no, that's not. No, because it's I, a taco. I, I choose tacos, but I wouldn't be happy about it because I love pizza. I love pizza too, but I guess like if I think about there's plenty of places in this world that have dog shit pizza. True. We're just blessed in, in Buffalo to have great pizza. And I also think about the fact that like when we go travel, we have like our milestone things that we always want to try and tacos is always on there. So yeah. I think that like, we never are walking around. Like we have to try. So I would say tacos. Yeah, same. I agree. Are you getting a delivery right now? No, no, that was, well, it was mail. Oh. And the guy was like, Carly here. I'm like, you've only been coming here, you know, for the last, I don't know since six weeks ago like early as me fuck I, <laughs> you, you see my fucking mail every day asshole <laughs> what the fuck you might think you're messing with him yeah right um so then the other one was hot dogs or hamburgers and this is an easy one for me like yeah, this right. is a no-brainer no mine's the opposite I'll fucking choose hot dogs all fucking day. Give me the glizzies. Give me the fucking glizzies all day long. Wow. See, I oh, dude, I, know, I fucking I love hot dogs. I haven't had a hot dog in months because I can't have hot dogs right now, which sucks. But yeah. I mean, there is something about like a good hot dog. But also, I don't know. I like hamburgers too. Yeah, I will probably always choose hot dogs because I feel as though you can do so much more to a hot dog and make it taste so much different than a hamburger has, in my opinion, the same flavor profile. Huh. In my opinion, you can choose, you can make a hot dog so many different ways and, and add as many toppings as you can. And I feel like that's a completely versatile thing. That's just my opinion there interesting yeah and you can call them brats and glizzies like come on like <laughs> a burger's a fucking burger 
<laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I guess you don't really get to call it anything else. No. No. I don't know. I'm torn on that one. Yeah, that was an easy decision for me. So. I also just miss hot dogs, so. <laughs> True. That's It sucks. Um, her call other me, one the, call me the glizzy call me the glizzy gobbler. I will definitely call you that. <laughs> you don't have uh, to. I'll call you that all the time. Um, <laughs> her last question was funny. Toilet paper over or under? You know, I know people are you, have okay, very strong guess, Are you the type of guy that doesn't put the toilet paper on the roll and just like leaves it? Like if it's fucking there, it's just there. Like who cares? Like oh, if it's I knew it. I knew if it's on the if it's on the thing, if it's under over, I don't give a shit. If it's just there. Like my biggest disappointment, if it's not in the bathroom. Like if you're out of toilet paper, you're in a lot of fucking trouble. Oh, you and Jordan, man, you're the same in that aspect. It's just toilet paper. Like just use your finger as like a thing and pull the goddamn thing. Like use it as the thing and just pull the toilet yeah, paper. Under roller, over, don't no. matter. Or just put it on the roller where it's supposed to go. That takes time. I'm looking for efficiency. It, you're going to be in there for a while because I know your bathroom habits. So There's a lot, there is a lot of video analysis that goes on in that bathroom. Gross. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> Gross. I will have to stay over. First, first yeah. answer, put it on the roll. Second answer, over. My answer is as long as it's in there and I can use it. <laughs> That's it. So not wet toilet back. paper either. Not wet toilet paper. Ugh. Like one time we were out and Liz, uh, Leah had uh, like more, like they were like wet paper towel, like, like wet, wet like toilet paper. Not really, but they were they were flushable. Yeah. Maybe they were wet white, but they were flushable. Whatever. That was terrible. I will never use that again. So Unless fact, I'm looking for a wipe. If I'm looking for a wipe, I'll get a fucking wipe. If I'm looking for toilet paper, I want toilet paper. Fun fact about toilet paper. Like, my history with toilet paper. So, one summer, I worked at a very... I won't say the name of the family, but let me just say they own an NHL hockey team, and they own a lot... Football team, too? Uh, <laughs> no, they don't own a football team. No, it's not the Pugulas. Um, <laughs> but they do own a hockey team, and they are billionaires. I mean, they are rich, rich. And mm. I worked at their house one summer as a housekeeper, which the house was spotless, so, like, I rarely had to do anything. I just walked around. But um, one of the things was when we cleaned the bathrooms, we had to replace the toilet paper, and we always had to, like, fold it like they do at hotels. So I got really good at folding toilet paper, and so then when I went to college that following year, I was in a suite and I always, if I had to change it, I would just fold it like out of habit. And my roommates thought it was the funniest thing because I was like the fancy little housekeeper that folded our toilet paper into triangles. You get a five-star rating on Yelp for housemate, housemate, house cleaning. Thanks. It hasn't carried <laughs> out now. I don't do it no. anymore. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. You just, after a while, if it's just in there, you just use it. Oh, no. I put it on the roll because that's, just, you're just being a Overrated. savage. Overrated. Oh. Overrated. Anyways, that was a great end to the Q&A season of the Carolyn March show. Yeah. I think that was good. Yeah. Thanks for all your uh, questions. 
yeah, we appreciate it. A couple fun ones, a couple training ones. Um, gave us, you know, uh, I think a good healthy balance of both. So nice little, nice little season that uh, we recorded this one on one try. So um, our answers were a little bit more in detail. So yeah. you're welcome. We're doing a lot better than last week. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> we are off to a good start. <laughs> It's a Monday. We are off to a good start on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Carol, enjoy the rest of your, your Monday. You as well, Marge. You enjoy your Monday. Thanks. Don't make it a manic Monday. No, it's a happy Monday. It's Bill's Monday. Bill's win. That's all that matters. All that matters. If you take anything from this episode, the Bill's won. Go Bill's. Go Bill's. But – Thanks for listening and see you guys in the next one. Bye. See ya.